Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation 2 with Ashley Winstead. Yes, we're so excited to be talking with Ashley again. We talked to her a year ago, or, or almost a year ago, but so much has happened since then. Oh, okay. So I did a little digging. You're right about that. So last year we talked to her about this, In My Dreams I Hold a Knife. And since then, she's had a romance, which I read this summer, fool me once, Plus her new thriller, dark thriller, The Last Housewife. I know, I know. That is, she's been very busy. So we're going to have to ask her about that. Um, but first, Kathy, why don't you uh, remind our listeners a little bit more about Ashley? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. So Ashley holds a PhD in contemporary American lit um, from Southern Methodist University in Texas and a BA in English and Art History, loved art history piece from Vanderbilt. And she lives in Houston, Texas, where she drinks red wine and dreams up novels. Which, <laughs> that's why we fell in love with her last year. <laughs> um, after her debut in My Dreams, I Hold a Knife came out in 2021, which we did have her on for a Corks and Conversation. She's published two more novels, like we said, A Romance, Fool Me Once, and this thriller, Christie's Holding, The Last Housewife, both of which have come out to rave reviews. And here is my favorite. Um, Jennifer Hillier, who is a fantastic author, um, she's a best-selling author of Little Secrets is probably her most recent. Uh, we love her. Here's what she said about Ashley's latest. It's not every day I finish a novel and decide right then and there that the author is now an auto-buy. While I was anticipating a great story from Winstead, I wasn't expecting to inhale her new book in one breathless read. The Last Housewife is propulsive, unputable down thriller with a dark, beating heart. It chilled me to the bone, and I'm still recovering. Ashley Winstead, I bow down. Wow. <laughs> I fainted when I got that. <laughs> Incredible uh, introduction, Ashley. Welcome. It's great to see you again. Hi. Um, it's so great to be back, especially like the best introduction of all time. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I will never um, get so good again. Thank you. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Oh my I'm gosh. So happy to be back. That that was pretty impressive. And um got our wine today too. Um last time you had like La Crema Pinot Noir. Is that what you're having again this time or I switched it up. So um, I am drinking today this, I don't know if you can read it. It's it's appropriately titled Devil's Corner. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm on theme. Yes, it is you are. 2020 Pinot Noir. So, you know, I love my Pinots. That's mm -hmm. what I was drinking the last time. Um, and I got it from, it's a, yeah, I said Tasmanian Pinot. And I got it from, I actually have a wine and cheese shop at the end of my street. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Both a blessing and a danger. Um, I say, you better keep writing. <laughs> I know. Yep. Um, yeah, to literally just afford my trips to that store. Yeah. Um, so I got, I purchased it there and it's um, oh, fabulous. Good. 
Okay. Oh, we'll have to try that. We'll have to try that. That is fantastic. Well, cheers to you, Ashley. Congratulations cheers. on your books. Plural. <laughs> Look at her with year. her straw Thank in there. You so much. Yes. You drink wine with a straw. I did not so, know this. I I do. Uh, yes, I do because I drink everything with a straw because I'm trying to keep my teeth like white <laughs> as white as possible. So well, I drink my coffee with a straw. Oh, really? really? Yep. My red wine with a straw. I know it's super uncool. No, it's. How can, I don't know how I could, I don't know if I could do that because unless you're only having iced coffee, you drink hot I, coffee with a straw. I do. It yeah. works. So Ooh. I, I know it's, it sounds really weird, but it does, it never burns my mouth. You know, I do kind of wait a little bit to let mm-hmm. the, my coffee cool yeah. and it's, it's delightful. And I really have noticed a difference. In, have you really? Absolutely. In keeping my, like, cause I, once again, vain confessions get my teeth yeah. whitened like, you know, once a year or so. Yeah, but it's that's um, a whole endeavor. Kathy, we're going to have to start it. doing that. We're on YouTube and we're drinking red wine. Uh, here's what I, I do I drink coffee in the morning, I drink tea in the afternoon, and red wine at night. So, yeah, trifecta. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm covering my mouth, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> No, I just, yeah, this is how how vain I am. And I'm like, you know what? It's worth looking uncool. Well, it's actually a very good <laughs> yeah. advice. See there, we, we don't even have to get writing advice from Ashley. She can give us all kinds of <laughs> advice. advice. <laughs> I have a lot of wine drinking advice. Very, very hard earned. <laughs> Cautionary tales. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, all right. So yeah. let's start. First and foremost, um, can you tell us a little bit about what, about how the last year has been? Because um, like we talked about last year, you had your debut. You and now you've had two books, like we mentioned, and wow. just how do you handle all the promotion, the writing, the editing, the next book, all that stuff? Yeah, my life since the last time I was with you two has been nonstop, as you might imagine. Um, kind of a whirlwind of drafting, editing, um, you know, going into promotion mode, and it really just hasn't stopped. I was really, really lucky with um, In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife. It's found a lot of enthusiastic readers, which has been just so fun to see. Still, lots of people are discovering it every day, which is amazing. And yeah, two books a a year is the plan for the next few years, actually. So I have to get used to this pace. So both romance and thriller? Yeah, I, um, I, I don't know what it is. I just can't contain my brain it just wants to go you know across genres and to try on different voices and be like a little chameleon and see if I can do it because every book that I've written um, I'm always trying to do something new to me like challenge myself so whether that's genre or structure or like a tense that I'm writing in mm-hmm. it always has to be something because I, I got to keep it like fresh I think for my brain. Yeah, that um, maybe it's also because, you know, you go to such a dark place and then you're like, okay, now I need to do something calmer <laughs> or yeah, happier. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people say like, oh, I mood read, you know, I'll go all over the place. And I feel the exact same way as a writer that I'll do something really dark, like you said, and then <laughs> to like switch to something happy and light for a little while. And then... 
um, I'll be like, oh, I've been too too happy and sunshiny for too long. It's back, time to go back to the darkness, you know, the murder. So um, I, over this last year, what, what surprised you the most? Was there anything that really just surprised you? Like you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't expect to have to do that or this would mm, happen or. That's such a good question. I think maybe the thing I'll think about like what surprised me, because frankly, just finding readers at all. Um, has surprised me and just dreams being able to, you know, go into different, be published in different countries. And, um, wow, that's know, just, true. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Oh, yeah, um, that that has been like surprising in a dream to to get tagged in Instagram posts in languages that I can't read um, about my book. And um, <laughs> it's wonderful. And thank, thank goodness for that uh, translate button on Instagram. Um, <laughs> so I can see that I'm not, you know, Heart responding to people who are totally trashing my book. Right, I'm this sucks. Oblivious. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're so right. Um, yeah. So that, that's more. been fun. <laughs> um, but really, it's finally getting to go probably on a physical book tour with The Last oh. Housewife was, you know, my, my pandemic author <laughs> dream right. of getting to be in person in places. So that that has been a lot of fun. And I didn't realize it surprised me what a hustle a book tour is. Mm. Um, you know, I kind of romanticized it as like this vacation you get to go on where you get to like sit in bookshops every <laughs> evening and talk to interesting people. <laughs> the latter part is true, but it really is like wheels down, get to your hotel, change shower and change real fast, go to the event go to sleep because you have to wake up bright and early the next morning. It's just a lot of, a lot of movement. Wow. So are you able to write at the same time or Ooh. do you just kind of like, go, okay, <laughs> this is going to be, you know, this period of time is going to be like away. That is very hard for me when I'm traveling because mm -hmm. I am such a finicky writer. I have to be um, like in a, in a dead quiet place with nothing going on and, mm -hmm. and fall deep in a trance basically in order right. to write i'm so jealous of people who write on planes oh. in coffee shops and can't do it then what do you do do you have um do you just lock yourself in and write how can you write two books a year <laughs> and also find that time that's awesome i mean but kind of quiet well i I do not. I have no children. I have no hobbies. <laughs> and this is a real why, answer. Wait, why? Wine, wine drinking. That's true. Okay. <laughs> and teeth whitening. These are hobbies. <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, I'm thinking you must be like in this quiet room for like eight hours a day or something. That's that is what I do. So wow. when I have um when I have you know the non the non travel days. I am literally sitting in a quiet room. Um, oftentimes this room in this chair. <laughs> and yeah, this is where the magic happens. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here for eight to 10 hours at a time. Oh, um, yeah. That's a and lot. That's a long time to stay focused and in deep work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have to take breaks or do you just like plow through? I, I'll take a lunch break, but when I'm really into writing a book, um, it's actually, I have the opposite problem where I can't pull myself away. Oh. Um, and my husband will have to knock on the door and remind me to eat dinner. And wow. um, 
and that yeah. he exists and that he exists yeah um <laughs> so you know he wants me to know he exists when i'm writing rom-coms because i'm in a great mood <laughs> <laughs> well, like, i think i need thrillers. to do some he's research like, honey he's like, Let's <laughs> not during nice. the thriller yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly hilarious. no communication during the thriller because i'm always like ah. <laughs> that's so funny yeah Okay, so let's talk about this latest one. I did read, by the way. I ordered, I pre-ordered, which is very important, listeners. Very but important. I, um, I had ordered Fool Me once this summer right away, and, and loved it. It was absolute a joy. Mm-hmm. And I did want to point out, Christy and I got to see you at Thriller Fest and got to see you at the right. debut author's breakfast, which was so lovely, and we were so thrilled for you. Thank you. And that must have been just a wonderful experience. That was terrifying, if I'm going to be completely honest. Oh, my like, gosh. That was um, the most on stage I have been um, maybe ever, subject to the most pairs of eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did not know what I was signing myself up for. So it was amazing, but it was also pretty terrifying. Um, yeah. So we'll just set the stage. So yeah. at Thriller Fest, um, it's a very large writing conference, and uh, one of the um, highlights is the debut author's breakfast. So if you had your debut thriller, you go on the stage and then the huge conference room is full of everyone having breakfast watching you and you give a blurb, kind of give a little spiel about your book and your life. And it is a lot of people watching you. It's a yeah. lot, but you did a great job. Yes. Thank you. Thank I don't you. think anybody judges anyway. That's at least, a, at least it's yeah. a good crowd usually. Yeah. I would hope. It's a, such a warm and receptive crowd of people who have been in your place for, yeah. you know, a lot of people who've been in your place who are, you know, so kind because they've woken up really early that day to come to this breakfast and, <laughs> and support you. So it couldn't be a nicer crowd. But it's still it's still your peers, you know, yeah. a, a large yeah. part of your peers and just a room full of people you want to impress. So it's like right. Extra, extra nerve wracking. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was fun. And then so then Chrissy and I saw each other. We saw each other three times this summer. Uh, we went to Thriller Fest, Sleuth Fest and then BoucherCon. And oh. on the way home. So Christy, um, I drove to Minneapolis. She flew in. And then we drove back to South Dakota together to my house. And then she flew out home a little bit later. And on our way home from Baushikan, we listened to the audiobook of The Last Housewife. Yeah. Oh my gosh. As it was getting dark. And I have to tell you, it was so creepy. <laughs> it was a little creepy. We were like, and we've never gotten to do that together before. To, to read at the same time. It was so fun, Ashley. We just, the first pages just sucked us in and an audiobook too it was great so i would highly encourage everyone to do audiobook as well but let's talk about the book itself i'm so honored i just have to say thank you so much and <laughs> it I, was like, so fun we were I like so honored that the book you got you both listened to it at the same time that it got to be like the subject of that car ride we yeah and never gotten to do that before so that was really cool, cool. And, um, okay so i'm just gonna give a quick blurb to everybody what's going on with this book so shay Evans and her best friends while they're in college meet this very captivating man (laughs) and they kind of get sucked in by this guy okay and so um Shay which I love that name and her friend senior year kind of escaped right and it's now eight years later sorry my dog is freaking (laughs) out because there's reflections coming in sorry um so it's eight years later they're 
they've gone their separate ways. Shay is living a very different life in Texas, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, things start unraveling that pull her right back in. And it is dark and it is creepy and it is hard to put down. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. And so I loved this kind of uh, warped worldview that they kind of got involved in. Cult like, what? Where did this come from? Because this is very different than your first thriller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went really, I just dove off the deep end, deep end with this book, really. And I'll tell you where, where the idea and the inspiration came from. But first, I will just say to set the stage, like it is a much darker book than In My Dreams. Um, and I, I remember very vividly sitting down at my computer thinking to myself, okay, you've got book two to, to you know, write. Um, and realizing that my publisher had already purchased book two, that there was no one I had to like sell with this idea that um, it was already like a thing that was guaranteed to exist in the world. Um, and I felt such a tremendous sense of creative freedom. Like I, like oh. this sense of liberty, like, okay, I clearly, my, my publisher, my editor could have rejected it, you know, totally could have. And there sure. was a point where I thought maybe she would, <laughs> um, but I was just like, I can do, I can like kind of let go a little bit. And like wow. really just write the book that I want to write. And apparently that's a really dark book. Um, <laughs> but, so I I have to confess that I became absolutely within uh, the last few years, totally fascinated by all the cult documentaries that popped up. If you remember mm-hmm. a few years ago, it was like, you know, all the Nexium articles and it yeah. felt like there were multiple documentaries coming out about Nexium, And then, I found the Sarah Lawrence sex cult story, which at the time that I started imagining and writing The Last Housewife, um, that received a whole ton of coverage. It's now starting to get more attention because yeah. the case is being done. And Larry Ray, the cult leader, is, you know, I think was just sentenced. Um, so it's receiving more attention, but at the time it was weirdly, um, you know, kind of underserved in terms of spotlight. And that is the story that most closely and uh, directly inspired The Last Housewife. So it is, for people who aren't familiar, it is the story of a father who um, came to live with his daughter in her dorm at Sarah Lawrence when I think she was about 19, Oh my gosh. It's so yep. crazy. I mean, and that's just step one. That's already right. Didn't he wild. stay, though, for like years or something? Years he, he lived and he slowly inculcated more and more of her friends into this like proto-cult. Um, you know, not a thing that any of them would have called a cult, of course. But he started, uh, he was like a figure of an advice giver, um, a, 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 you know, like a dispenser of wisdom. And he started teaching them about what it really meant to be like a a man and a woman in the world and how to find (laughs) enlightenment. So, you know, he's doing a lot of things that, that cult leaders tend to do. And, you know, it it turned into a sex cult where he was exploiting them sexually and torturing them physically and, and psychologically and extorting (laughs) money from their parents. This went on for 10 years. Um, Oh my gosh. I am going to have to watch that. (laughs) So it started at the university. I want to say like halfway through maybe year five or something. Um, 
when his daughter graduated, maybe, he moved this enterprise into the city and all the students followed him. So it's just absolutely wild. And wow. I just, my my fascination was so, my attention was so captured by these stories because they felt different in a way than other cult stories I was used to hearing about, you know, maybe some um, religious fanatics in yeah, Waco, right. Texas, you know, all living in a compound. Yeah if they felt like modern and fresh, you know, I know that sounds weird to say. Like at a, at a university, right? You yes. think of those parents who sent their daughters to Sarah Lawrence and this is what they fell into. Like that to exactly. me seems so different than like you say, an isolated cult in the woods. Right. right. Yes. This, that is just so much scarier for some and, reason. And it really, to me was, and also just, even Nexium, the fact that you have all of these pretty high-profile women, um, heiresses, some actresses, just that they're, and, and I guess this is part of why Scientology it always fascinated me, just this such deep, extreme strangeness and exploitation just living right under the surface of, mm -hmm. like, what's acceptable. Um, and so you know, me being the dark, dark hearted person that I am sometimes <laughs> half the year, um, I really wanted to write a book about not so much the cult leader, um, you know, this man, it's always a man, mm. um, but what it would be like to be a woman to go from point A, you know, the Sarah Lawrence student, you know, embarking mm -hmm. on college and having, you know, your future in front of you to getting sucked in to all of this, a place where your life looks so different. Like, what is it? What does the psychological process look like? How many different ways could there be to get hooked into something like this? Um, that's where all my interest lies. So, wow. Yeah, that was mm. the seed for The Last Housewife and for Shay. Mm. Okay, I think it's time for a drink and our midway conversation. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Woo! This is like the going back to rom-coms. We need a little <laughs> minute. So if you recall, we yeah. did the question in the bottle. So this is question in the bottle number two for you. Love the question it. you might get to at the bottom of the bottle. All right. So let's sorry about see. this. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's see if it's about <laughs> cults or something. Sometimes it falls oh, yeah. into the same thing. Okay. Um, let's see. What was the first band or musician you were really into and do you still like them? Oh, great question. No doubt. Oh, yep. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. Just, um, I thought you were saying that's a great question. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. No, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, Gwen Stefani. Man, I worshipped her. <laughs> um, you know, just a girl and, and that, that Tragic Kingdom was my, like my first <sighs> album. Was it really? Um, wow. It was, yeah. Um, so, wow. and yeah, I still dig that album. I haven't loved a lot of Gwen Stefani's solo work. That's been a little less for me because I'm more of a fan of rock, but she's kind of gone poppy. Yeah. Her, but yeah, more power to her. Um, yes. Christy, do you have uh, an answer to the question in the bottle? Who was your first Band. Oh, was it <laughs> no, this is going to probably really date me because it was probably like Donny Osmond or something. And <laughs> he is still going strong. I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm not a follower anymore. So there you go. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, I mean, was in Las Vegas recently. Oh, he's I, he's first, in Vegas. Oh. The first billboard I saw was Donny Osmond. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hmm. What about you, Kathy? She's always asking um, me, and then she can't I know, answer. Sorry, I'm always scared that I don't prepare. Um, <laughs> I would say Ario Speedwagon. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I remember Ooh. being in fourth grade, and I had like my first like album, you know, like LP, and I was playing it on my stereo in my bedroom. And um, Ario Speedwagon is what I would I would say. And I I, I don't follow them anymore, but I, I, I understand they're still going strong. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay, so we're going to um, kind of switch our questions around a little bit, Christy, because we got a little bit off um, track. Okay. But Ashley, I'm so curious because you had mentioned that you felt freedom mm-hmm. with your second thriller. And we have talked to so many writers who felt trapped by their second novel because what they said is, you know, I'm writing the first one. I'm not, I don't know who my audience is yet. I'm just the, the joy. And then under contract, they just felt trapped. And you sound like you had said the opposite. I'm so curious about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I cheated the system because <laughs> I'm, because I wrote so many debuts um, mm. in a way. It's like I, my second book was my romance debut. And so it had the same feeling of, um, venturing into new territory, not knowing how the world was going to receive it, you know, all of those yeah. feelings you have when you're writing your first book. Um, and then, yeah, with the second one, with the second thriller, The Last Housewife, it felt like I was doing something different again. And I guess I should have felt trapped. Um, and, you know, like, <laughs> no, because no I requirement. Knew, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did know and I did consider a lot while especially while I was editing editing The Last Housewife that everyone who had read In My Dreams I Hold a Knife would maybe have a certain set of expectations about what this next book would be and I knew for a fact that I was doing something not at all like what they might expect and or hope from me Um, so that required some bravery to Mm -hmm. say you know now I'm gonna do write the kind of book that I want to write rather than In My Dreams I Hold a Knife part two, you know, or like yeah, right. Redux, um, just because, you know, that people might expect that. Yeah, I think you could go either way. You, you, you're, it's very freeing because you can write whatever you you want. You're not constrained with, like you said, like a sequel and thinking, oh my gosh, I got to make these characters, you know, as enjoyable as yeah. the first time and everything like that. But yeah. it's still, I'd be nervous anyway. Oh, yeah. I think because I was writing such a different book and I was very excited to write such a different book, I knew from the get-go that it wasn't going to be what my readers expected, maybe or even wanted, and I had to be okay with that from the outset. And that's usually one of the things that plagues us writers on our sophomore novel is just letting that readerly voice get in your head. um, I saw on your website that you already have your next book, yeah. At least the title. I mean, I, don't, I I'm assuming it's already written, or yeah. And you got a great deal on that, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm I, we're just real Happy curious about this um, process because, you know, I we we always hear, okay, how did you get your debut, you know, and get it out there and stuff, and then. Sometimes people have a contract, but now you your contract ran out because you had a two book contract. So then you're like starting all over. So 
what was that process like? I mean, how did you, how did you do that? Did you, your agent say, okay, give me something else. I'm going to, or what? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, <Get ready. laughs> yeah, no. And in fact, um, so again, next year I have uh, two books coming out, a, a romance and a thriller. And it was, wow, we were, it was this, this past fall. So fall of 21 and dreams was out recently out. Housewife was written and going through copy edits. Um, Fool Me Once was written and and going and just basically ready to go. And I needed to be writing my second rom-com and my option thriller. So in you know, in in publishing contracts, you'll have your your set books, your publisher buys, and they pretty much always have um, the right to option your next book of that same oh, genre. Interesting. So it's a really cool thing. I love it very much um, because it speeds up the sub process. Um, and, and so contractually, like you're, this has been true of both my publishers, though I know some people have different contractual language, but contractually I had to wait 30 days, but as soon as like day 31 hit, I could hand over a third um, thriller to my thriller publisher. And then that started the clock for them. Uh, I think it's either 30 or 60 days where they give me an answer back about whether or not they want to buy it and for how much. So it totally speeds up the sub process. um, And you typically don't need to write your entire book for that period. You write like a synopsis, a chapter outline and sample pages, usually like three chapters. So I was elbows deep this fall writing my my neck my second rom-com that comes out this next spring so it's in total rom-com super fluffy um (laughs) mode you know like (laughs) love and sunshine um especially because this next rom-com is like the most tender thing because i needed you know like a bounce back from the last housewife basically yeah um so it's as tender as housewife is dark and my agent yeah, my agent emailed me and was just like, I'm going to need you to stop writing that romance right now and write three chapters of a thriller real fast because we need to send this out. So all fall, I was, I kid you not, I would get going on one of those books and my agent would tell me for some reason I need to jump ship to the other one. So I went oh my back gosh. and forth and back and forth rapidly between those two books. And it wasn't until you know, I I really had some time to sit back and look at both my characters in next year's books. Then I realized that both are librarians. No. Like, and both <laughs> characters have like a lot of similarities. And I think that that was just because of, yeah. Yeah, well, that's okay. Um, I mean, you got to you gotta figure out how to do it some way. <laughs> so, yeah. Ashley, when you got your when you when you pitched your agent, and I know we have a whole story we talked about last year about your experience um, with that process. Did you find an agent from the outset that would do that would represent you in both rom coms, yeah. and and was that your intention, or was that just by happenstance? So I um, this is sorry to throw more things at you, but um, I actually signed my agent for a YA fantasy that I had written. I know, what? I know. I just, I want to write in every genre. <laughs> let me, I guess, is the answer. Um, it's like self-discovery via 
writing books, <laughs> maybe. So um, yeah, I signed her for this YA fantasy and I ended up shelving that. Um, and because I was like really disappointed that I had to shelve that book and was really, you know, desperate to kind of prove I could write a book that could sell, um, I wrote dreams, you know, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I just went completely into another genre. But yeah, when I when I first pitched my agent, I, I said to her, okay, I want to write adult fiction. I want to write thrillers. I want to write, you know, romance. I just want to write across genres. And she was like, well, I am the agent for you because I rep it all, basically. Wow. Great. Um, That's not very yeah. common, is it? Or not, it? Nope. So did you guys ever have the conversation about pseudonyms? Because some authors who do romance and thrillers especially like hardcore thrillers and romance will have a pseudonym oh yeah no there was a week um where fool me once was going to be published under the name brett ashley um instead of you know a little hemingway nod Mm -hmm. um because just double down on nerd why not um (laughs) yeah so there was there was a week because we had we talked about it um, and that's a, a surprisingly revealing process to be tasked with coming up with a name for yourself. Um, you know, and I learned a lot about myself um, <laughs> in that process because my, you know, my agent was like, okay, well, let me know um, what you'd want your synonym to be. And I, my mind immediately went to, okay, well, I want one of those like really cool gender neutral names mm-hmm. and I want you know like one of those yeah. slick maybe masculine names yeah. and I actually said that to my agent and she was like why like <laughs> feminine names are just as cool and I had this moment where I was like Ashley Winstead you have swallowed some some like, sexism some sexism built in sexism yeah exactly that internalized wow. misogyny and that wow. was like a great wake up for me And I was like, oh, my God, you're totally right. What's wrong with being, you know, having like a a lovely feminine name? Very Ashley is a very feminine name. That is so interesting. I will confess I was named after a soap opera star. (laughs) I wish it was. So, Ashley, why did you decide to not do a a pseudonym at the end? We had this conversation um, in the end that um, we wanted to build an Ashley Winstead brand that included multiple genres and was really about my perspective and my writing style um, and the kind of messy women that I will always write. Like that's my brand and I do it across genres. um, And so that's what unites my work rather than just all sticking to one genre. Um, And so we figured, A, there are a lot of um, writers who are increasing doing this and sticking mm-hmm. to their to their one name um so that's been cool to see um so and two we made a bet that there was enough cross-genre readers mm-hmm. who if they liked in my dreams would read a romance from me or mm-hmm. vice versa if they liked my romance they would read my thrillers that have you know usually some strong romantic subplots yeah. So that that's our our gamble, I guess. We'll see if it works. Well, we've read both, so <laughs> Yeah. Work for me. Yeah. I think it, it's easier for maybe the a thriller reader to transition and read romance than it might be for a romance to read a really dark thriller, but I don't know. Yeah. 
then there, then there's the like, housewife. you know, S&M <laughs> books and stuff. So <laughs> here we go. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I've actively um, not recommended The Last Housewife to some romance um, friends that I've I've talked to. Yeah. yeah, that's not the one. But there are some pretty hardcore romance that I wouldn't recommend either to some cozy readers, for example. True, so, yeah. true, true. Let that be. <laughs> um, I think Christy has a follow-up question for you before we okay. conclude. Well, it's a different closing question, kind of similar on our Course in Conversation 2 episodes. Instead of who would you share, which of your characters would you share a meal with, we're asking which of your characters would you like to be your personal chef? <laughs> and why? <laughs> mm. Um. I just thought of the funniest answer, but it's not true. Um, <laughs> well, we could hear which, it anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, this is not my real answer, but Don Rockwell. <laughs> just to see him put on oh. an apron oh. and serve me dinner. Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, by the but, way, listeners, if you know, you know, and if you don't, go buy the book. <laughs> yep. Yep, you'll, that will make a lot more sense once yes, you read The Last Housewife. And it's very um, rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess real answer is Jamie Knight from The Last Housewife mm. um, for more like pleasurable reasons of him um, being, I would like to think canonically is like a pretty good cook. Um, mm. He's been cooking for himself for a long time and he really wants to cook for two. So yes, there you does. go. There you go liked his character immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ashley, our listeners are going to want to know more about you. What's the best way to reach you and find out uh, more about yeah. you? I am most active on Instagram. Um, and so I'm at Ashley Winstead books on Instagram. Come talk to me and DM me. Love that. Um, also website is ashleywinstead.com. And I am infrequently on Twitter um, just at, at Ashley Winstead, but you know, if you shoot me a message, I will always respond. Okay, and we'll definitely have all those in our on our show notes, um, the links there. And um, Ashley, it was so fun. I'm so glad we got to talk with you again. Thank you yeah. so much. What a joy! What an Such absolute joy! joy. Yeah, yeah thank it. you. So, all we have left to say is cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.